Oh my God, that's do 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 do. Just wondering if they'll get quiet on their own. It is so good to see you this morning. Happy Thanksgiving. Glad you're here. Uh, is it raining outside still? Oh, well, okay. Anyway, God knows we must need it. If you have your bulletin, to point out first of all that if you are a first, maybe second time guest, or you've never given us information, that we can write you a letter and tell you we appreciate you, appreciate your coming. We'd like for you to do that, please, and rip it off and drop it in the offering plate when it comes around. And then, of course, reading all the different things that are going on, asking you to read the details. Uh, This week is Man Up. That's our Tuesday night men's meeting once a month. We do announce that because it only happens once a month. Then the other things, if you could um, uh, read about, uh, I'm looking forward to tonight with the youth because we're going to eat Thanksgiving dinner again, right? All of it, the whole thing. Ooh, boy. And then, of course, uh, the basketball season of our sports and <clears throat> recreation ministry. Um, what else? Oh, the membership class is next week. Next Sunday will be membership class, but it's at a different time. It's at 3.30 over there still, over in the Life Center at 3.30. So we'd love to have you come and just find out what we're all about. Love to have you there. All right, you ready to worship? <clears throat> I really am. I mean, this, this today, for some reason, I just, I needed the worship. I needed the words. You know, we're, we, we sometimes, folks, worship prepares your heart. You know, if we just walked in and I started preaching, I really don't think it has the same impact. Worship prepares your heart. So let's, let's do that. Let's stand. Welcome somebody around you, and then let's remain standing.
Father, you are so great and we are so thankful. God, there's so many things that we forget to say thank you for because you're so good to us. Father, we pray now as we collect our tithes and offerings that we will remember when we give how good you truly are to us and how much we really truly are blessed. Not just the things that we have, Father, but the things that you do and the things that are all around us that we never pay attention to. God, our, your goodness is not based on the things that we have, but the goodness of who you are as our savior. So Father, in this time, bless it, use it for your kingdom and for your glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I give thanks to you this morning. Amen. You know, I didn't mention this to the last service, but I've been sitting a lot out on our lanai, which I made it into a room. It looks right out on the woods. I've been looking at all the tiny little things, you know, that you don't see if you don't stand still long enough to see. And uh, thanking God for all the little miracles that he makes for me. And I know he does for you too. And bringing to my mind... Um, I said, if 2023 ever gets through, I'm going to be a happy woman. But um, when I had my mishap this year, you know, we all should be grateful that we're here. Amen? That God has his hand upon us, his eyes on us, knows exactly what we need when we need it. Amen? And all the miracles that are going out there that we never see, that we might never know, might be what brought you to Golf Lake Church this morning. I'm grateful and I'm thankful, so I just wanted to share that with you. All my life I've been carried by grace. Don't ask me how, cause I can't explain. It's nothing short of a miracle I'm I've got some blessings that I don't deserve I've got some scars, but that's how you learn It's nothing short of a miracle I'm here I think it over and it doesn't add up I know it comes from above I've got miracles on me a million little miracles Miracles on miracles Count your miracles One, two, three, four I can't even count them all You held me steady so I wouldn't give open doors that nobody could shut. I hope I never get over what you've done. 
Thank you. If you'd be seated. Father, we come to you because, man, we just, uh, we want your presence. We want your Holy Spirit to take the words that were spoke, will be spoken and the scriptures that will be read. And Lord, that you will apply them to each individual heart as only you can do. Lord, your, your Holy Spirit has to illuminate us when we hear your word. And so we're gonna depend on that and trust that there will be people in this room today who will make a decision to follow you and to be all in. We ask and pray it in Christ's name, amen. Thank you so much. If you'll get your bulletins out, I'm gonna rearrange myself here. About like that. I hope you all had a great week. My favorite time of year is Thanksgiving through Christmas because things speed up around the church. Things get really busy for the the other pastors, ministers, and so forth. But for me, it really slows down. And, um, you know, I, I look forward to that. I spend a lot of time getting ready for the new year and the new sermon series and things like that, so I I really enjoy it. Well, you know, um, sometimes when you're watching an old show like Bonanza or Gunsmoke, and it will, um, they will have a program hour long, and it never ends, and at the end it'll say, to be continued. And you have to wait till the next week, back then, till the next week um, to finish it up. Um, So that's kind of the story on this message Today, we started it last week, and it was to be continued, and that is today. But what I thought I might do is keep my notes in front of me from last week and look at them briefly, you know, because when, when the next week would come, they would go back and show you the highlights of the week before and then continue. So that's kind of like what I would like to do. You know, uh, I, I told you that this is going to be of these few Sundays, like a state of the church in the midst of the message and the spiritual application, you know, of some things that we can do. 
uh, and, and, and some things maybe about the church um, and, and how we want you to get involved. I think I started it out by talking about how many times in life we get excited about something with enthusiasm. We start and then about halfway through, we kind of, the enthusiasm starts to wane and we're not as enthusiastic. Even many times wondering, I wish I hadn't have started. Um, and, and then I made the application that in the life of faith, we have that same thing. We kind of experience starting out really great and maybe not finishing too well. So what I want to do today, and that's the whole idea of this sermon, is staying strong from, from start to finish. And I, I brought up that the sign out front has been out there all year. And the one thing that's been consistent is we're talking about a mission and saying we want you to be all in by following the Lord. Uh, that's our mission for 2023. We said that it's not just making a decision that matters, but being willing to, to see it all the way through. So we're, what I want to do today is pick up there. And you remember I told you about how um, for some of you that have been here a while, we want you to renew your contract. We want you to sign up with a new contract. And for those of you that are fairly new here, we, we want to draft you, you know, and get you into the, onto the team. And we had so many blessings last year. And I went over those with you, all the different the groups and how the Lord has just blessed us. But at the same time, it has probably been one of the most difficult years when it comes to sickness and, and, and death and, of course, a hurricane and a tornado and all those things that people um, have been dealing with. So what I want to do you know, today is continue that, Matthew 14, if you want to follow there in your Bible, your device, it'll be on the screen. We talked about how when you start out really well and then something happens along the way, you shouldn't automatically think that, well, I must be doing something wrong. It's okay to look at that, but that does not mean, it, in fact, I said that so many times in your Christian walk, you're going to have a storm. You're going to have difficulty, and, and it's just a part of life. You know, Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. He said, I've overcome the world. He didn't say, I've overcome the, I'm going to overcome the tribulation. He does, but he said, I've overcome the world. What started it all? So that, that is a great thing for us to hold on to. So anyway, Matthew, I want to go over and just read one verse, not in your notes and not on the screen, that, that I wanted to pick up and then continue with the story today. And it would be uh, verse 29. So Peter got out of the boat and he walked on the water and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. And Jesus immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him saying, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? If you remember, I ended the whole sermon by saying, I'm going to ask you a question. Why is this story in the Bible? Why is it there? You know, the Lord doesn't tell us stories in the Bible just for us to be interested in something. I believe that everything there is an example. As we read in, in 2 Timothy 3.16, it's all there to teach us something um, that we can learn, that we can be corrected, that we can be instructed. So every story has a reason. All that to tell you this, this story about Peter walking on the water is not there to try to inspire us to go out and try to walk on water. You remember the, two or three weeks ago, we talked about Paul in that shipwreck. And in Acts, Paul, it never occurred to Paul, I don't think, to get out of the boat and start walking on the water toward the island. If you'll write this down, this story is to show us how to continue what we started in faith. And I believe I can make a good case for that. 
how to continue what we started in faith. See, I believe here's the lesson. Initial faith, the faith that saved you, the faith that you put in the Lord Jesus Christ, that is awesome. That is the most important faith. That is the most important decision that you will ever make. But once you make that and you know anything about our Lord, that is not enough. He wants you to have a staying faith, amen? A staying faith. Now, when Jesus said to Peter, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? He is not talking here about the intensity of Peter's faith, but his duration. He's not talking about how strong it was, but are you of little faith that didn't last very long, um, as we know from the story. So when, when Peter's faith all first started, it was very, very strong because folks, out of all the people that were in the boat, he's the only one that was willing to get out and to, and to try to walk on the water. So initial faith, once we're a believer, the Lord wants us to go on with sustaining faith. And here's a very important point. Hope I can make this in a good way that we'll all understand. You're going to find staying faith at the same place you found initial faith. I, mean, I want you to write that down. You're going to find staying faith at the same place you find initial faith. Where is that? The Lord Jesus Christ. And who he is, which we'll talk about. Now, where did Peter's initial faith come from? Well, we know that Peter, you know, was a, was a fisherman in a family of fishermen, uh, friends and, and co-workers with James and John who were also fishermen. And when Jesus called him, that was his initial faith. He believed that Jesus could do what for him what nobody else could do. In verse 27, it says this, but immediately Jesus spoke to them saying, take heart, it is I, do not be afraid. Now, when Jesus said, take heart, it is I, if you'll notice in your notes, I thought it was so important that I needed to put it there for you to have. That is the Greek ego iami, which means I am. Isn't that amazing? That's the name of God, the great I am. Peter, don't be afraid. I am is here. Peter saw the great I am in, the, in Jesus Christ. And he saw him standing on top of everything that was terrifying him. Amen. Then you have Jesus' command. I found three or four places in Peter's life. Well, more than that if I went to Acts. But in the Gospels where Peter figured out that it is more important to obey the commands of Jesus than to focus on your circumstance. That is so important for us. Peter, the great I am, is on top of those waves. And he is larger than the waves that are rising up against you. So if you would write this down, he focused not on what he had to walk through, but whom he was walking to. It wasn't so much about the storm. It was about the Lord Jesus Christ telling him, come. Someone wrote, Peter is not so much walking on water as he is walking on the promises of God. And I believe that to be true. Verse 30, when he took his eyes off of those two things, the great I am and the promise, he started to sink. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried out. Church, the lesson here is focus on the word, and you'll walk on the water. Focus on the waves, and you'll go down in weakness. See, let me, let me, let me give you a little secret to this, this passage. The point of this passage, this is, this is important to know. The point of this passage is not to demonstrate how great or how weak Peter's faith was. The point is to demonstrate how great Jesus was in his grace. We agree with that? Okay. Now, you remember last week I told you that many of the gospels have parallel accounts, meaning Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, all four of them may record a story 
two, of, two may record a story, so forth, but they give you a parallel account of what happened. Well, from Matthew 14, as I told you last week, we can go to Mark chapter 6. And whenever I started reading all the parallel accounts about this, I noticed something. Mark's account does not mention the part about Peter getting out of the boat and sinking. He does, that's a pretty big part for Matthew, isn't it? Mark doesn't mention it. Why? Are you ready? Mark was Peter's traveling companion. We know, every scholar will tell you that the gospel of Mark was essentially Peter's preaching notes. The eyewitness that Peter saw, the ear witness that Peter saw, he transferred and told Mark. And the Holy Spirit told him the words, what I'm, you're hearing, I want you to write this down. So when I first read that and knew that, 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 that Mark was writing down things from Peter, I thought, oh, Peter didn't tell him that because he doesn't want us to know about his faith wavering. But I don't believe that at all now. What I believe is Peter didn't tell that to him because he didn't want us focusing on him at all. He wanted us focusing on Jesus. Because as I said, this story is not about Peter's faith. It's about Jesus's faithfulness. Amen? And when you call out to him, even if it's in fear from a lack of faith, he's there to help you. Psalm 94, 18, when I said my foot is slipping, your steadfast love, O Lord, supported me. Folks, our God that we talked about, how great is our God, the great I am, is a God who will always be there to catch us, to pick us up, and put us back on top of the waves when we trust him and we look to him. So this story doesn't just give me an example to follow, but a savior to trust and put my faith in him. One pastor that I read this week said, in this story, Peter may have failed at what he set out to do, but Jesus succeeded exactly in what he wanted to do. How much more, folks? One, one pastor that I love and read a lot of his stuff said, and I'm going to quote it for you, how much more should we see this truth of Jesus on this side of the cross? There we see Jesus not only came to us in the storm, he took into himself the storm of God's wrath. He not only walked on top of the waves, he soared over sin and death in the resurrection. Not only did he lift us up on top of the waves, he filled with the power of resurrection life, our lives. And I know that if he reached all the way down to hell to rescue me from my sin, he'll help me when I stumble. If he reached out to save me when I was his enemy, certainly he will reach out to help me now that I'm his son. Amen? I'll say it again. God, ultimately, God's purpose in the whole Christian life is that we will trust him. You know, when Peter himself wrote a couple of letters, and the first one was to a group of people that were going through their own storms. And here's what he says in 1 Peter 1, 6. He said, in this you rejoice, talking about in Christ, though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been grieved by various, what? Trials, that's another word for storms, so that the tested genuineness of your faith may be found to result in praise and glory and honor at the revelation of Jesus Christ. So here's what I'm asking you to do. See, I've told you a lot of stuff because what I want to do is get to the application. And I'm going to tell you some things in the application that I, I don't think I've ever said in church before. And I'll get there in a minute. But my, th 
first thought in leading us there would be this. We need to take the next step. Whatever that may be for you, you need to take the next step. It's not enough just to, listen, I don't want to just get into heaven by the skin of my teeth. I want to get there. That's the most important thing in the world. But I love him so much for what he's done for me and making me ready for heaven. I want to serve him here. And I want to give him my life here. So where that may leave some of you, if you're in the midst of difficulties right now, you know, the Lord wants to come to you right now where you are and call you to come to him. So here's the thing. Put your ears and your eyes back on the things that you were looking at when you first called out to Christ. You believed him then, right? You believed everything he said. You believed he forgave you. You believed he loved you. You believed you were going to heaven. So put your ears and your eyes back on that kind of a Jesus. You've not made a wrong decision. You've made the right decision. But all through life, your resolve is going to be tested as to what you really do believe. You know, I, I think it was two or three weeks ago, I told you that integrity and character is built hour by hour, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. And when you get through the end of your life, your character is built through the mundane, boring, everyday occurrences of life. When you are obedient to God and you're faithful to him and you're growing in your faith, then you get to the end of such a thing like that and you'll find out that you have walked on water because you have taken the faithful small steps. You can write that down when you get there. It's the result of a lifetime of small faithful steps. Isn't that what you want for your life? Isn't that what you want for your family? It ought to be. You know, these, these babies that are in here now and a few in here, the children that are in there, the youth that will be over there tonight, we should have a burning desire that we want them to see a church that's got a lot of people in it who are faithful and who've stayed with it to the end, that they can look at mom and dad and say, when they get through a rough time and they get married and things are not going well, they can say, but look at mom and dad. And look at how long they've lasted and look how long they've stayed. And I, we ought to do that in all of our life so that they have a, a stable point to look at. And yes, we're going to fall. You know, I've told you before, I sin enough by accident to keep myself in the class of a bona fide sinner. But I love Proverbs twenty four sixteen, Though a righteous man falls seven times, he rises up every time after that. Now, let's get back to my assignment, what I'm getting at. I'm going to be talking about two main things for the next 10 minutes. And that is trusting God with your time and your energy. I see those as one. Your time and your energy. If you give us your time, then you've given us your energy. And if you're going to expend energy in a ministry, you're giving us your time. And I'm also talking about, ooh, your finances. And you, if, if, listen, ask anybody that's been with me any length of time, I just don't talk about that. I don't talk, I mean, in 30, in 29 years, I don't know that I've ever given a complete sermon on that. And I'll, I, I, again, I'll tell you in a moment. But we need to take the next step. If you want to walk on water, what do you got to do? You got to get out of the boat. I started to say, I want everybody to take that little white thing in front of them that talks about all the different ministries. But no, I want you just to listen. And I want the Lord to be able to speak to your heart. So here's my word to the two groups of people that we identified last week. To those of you that are, you've been here a while, you're, we'll call you the old folks. No just old in the sense that you've been here a while, that we want you to re-up, sign a new contract, you know, and, and, and get off the bench. I mean, you may be on the team, but you're on the bench. 
And then others also that, that are fairly new, we want to draft you in, into, into the work. Now, I'm going to tell you some things, again, that, 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 are, that I, I need to say. If you're old or new, if God has called you here and you feel like this is your church, then I want to urge you to join in in doing something. I know that there are moms and dads with kids. Your time is very limited. I know there are people here that your job, you know, it, it's very limited. And I know that there are those who are older and we're very limited on what we can do, the energy that we've got to give or the time. I know that. But we are all, that's why I said the Holy Spirit can speak to you. It might be taking one Sunday a month and working in the nursery. One Sunday a month. It may be working with the children. It may be asking Pastor Brian, what can I do? What can I help you with with the youth? They're, they're, they're in the family care ministry. What can I do? We had someone last service at the end said, I, I am convinced I need to be doing something. So I, I put her in touch with Nicole and she talked to her about getting involved with nursing homes. There's always something. And I'd like to encourage you to do that. Wh whatever little bit of time and energy you can give, that, that you would let the Holy Spirit speak to you. I also say the same thing about giving, you know, about our finances and stuff. Because folks, I know, I, you know I'm not stupid. I know that we need we need to give for our own sake. We need to give because it blesses us. And you know, as I told the first service, we're uh, 29th year, 23 years in um, uh, April, 23 years in this building. We've got, we've got air conditioners that are 23 years old. That's unheard of in Florida. You know, and, and, and there's always something that has to be done and replaced. Uh, like the, uh, our, our keyboard here is burnt out in one area. So we had to get another keyboard, that kind of thing. But it's your, it's, listen, it's your love and your giving. And so many of you have done such an unbelievable job. We are so blessed. But I'd like to see all of us get involved. And then I want to say some things, and it's up there. I don't want any of you, I don't want any of you, whether you've been with us a while or not, I don't want you to feel pressure, okay? No matter what, I don't want you to feel pressure. Because let me tell you something. I know the Bible teaches us to give. I know in the book of Corinthians, Paul talks about being faithful in giving. I know that. But when I look at the great offerings of the Bible, when I look at that, they were always free will. When I see Moses building the tabernacle and David building the temple, the Bible says, whoever the Lord has stirred their heart to give from their heart. You know, as I've told you, 2 Corinthians, Paul says, God loves what kind of a giver? A cheerful giver. That word cheerful means hilarious. Paul, uh, or God loves a cheerful giver. I'm going to tell you in just a moment why God loves a cheerful giver. But first of all, I need to always say this because we've got so many new people. The Bible does say that God loves cheerful givers. But at Gulf to Lake Church, we will accept money from grouches. Okay? We're not God. So you don't have to be cheerful. But here's the truth. Here's why God only loves cheerful givers. Folks, God doesn't have any needs. God does not need anything that I have. Nothing. So why in the world would he even talk about this, which he talks about more than anything else in the, in the, in the Bible, about giving? Because he wants me to live a life of worship and joy and giving of myself as a sacrifice. You know, um, in the book of Acts, when the early church leaders even talked about generosity, go to Acts 2, 1, there was never any compulsion. So here's what I want to say. Don't give. Don't give 
unless it's your heart's desire. Really, seriously. And listen, if you're cynical, you say, I don't know about giving, you know, or I don't know what's going on or da-da-da. Let me just say this. I've never said this before. If you're cynical about it here, then give somewhere else. I would rather you learn to be generous and give somewhere to the kingdom of God than not at all. We try to be very transparent here. As I told the first service, I have had for years now the best counsel and the best trustees that anybody could ever ask for. I love them and I trust them explicitly. You know, their advice and, and, and whatever it may be. And we try, listen, we don't, I don't go to everybody and say, okay, we got to buy a ream of paper today. We, we don't do that. But if we have earned the trust, then we ask people to give because of that. And again, if you say, well, I just don't know, then I would encourage you to find a place that you believe in and to invest there. Now, I'm not one of those, I, I just, I don't like doing it, but I'm not ashamed to talk about giving of your time or your energy or even your finances. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of that because folks, Jesus, as I said, talked more about that than anything else. But here's another reason. And I'll, I'll close here in just a moment. I was watching a show as you know, I like to watch the travel shows. I've told you that. But there's another show that comes on twice every evening, and it's called Florida Crossroads. I don't know if you if you if you haven't seen it. I love I love Florida, my state, my where I was born and raised. So I love all the history about Florida. And, and they were doing a show on World War II, and Florida in World War II. And they were showing the, the women and the kids and how they were collecting metal everywhere. And there were these big old piles of metal out front of their yards. And kids would go around the neighborhoods with a wagon and get metal and take it back there. Why? For the war effort. To use that metal, you know, in the war effort. It would be taken somewhere else by train and, you know, and be turned into, you know, maybe part of the air, the um, planes or bombs or whatever, but they were all in. Why? Because they believed in the mission. And they would, you know, we, we don't have to go through it, but some of you, I don't know if anybody here would ever remember, but they gave out coupons and, and you know, for gas and for food. And it would talk about how the kids would, would, would sacrifice and people would sacrifice. And when soldiers might come in to their area, they would take their coupon and not eat that whole day and give it away. And I thought, you know why? Because they believed in the mission of World War II and what we were doing. How much more do I believe in what Jesus is doing? So let me close with this. One question, one question. Where is your heart right now? Where is your heart? I can tell you how you can know. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Matthew 6, 21. Let's pray. What is it that the Holy Spirit might be leading you to do? What is it? Do you trust him enough? What area of time and energy, as little as it may be, can you let the Holy Spirit speak to you and say, look, you can do this. You've got the time, you've got the energy, you've got the talent, you can do this. No matter how small it may be, it's worth it. And again, we all go through, and we are going through different stages of life. Father, just do now what no pastor can do, no sermon can do, 
and that is to apply your word to our lives and our hearts. And we thank you for it. We trust you. If you said, get out of the boat and come to me, I'd like to believe I would try it. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Let's stand and sing a time. How great is our God. If we will follow you, we will see how great our God is. Thank you for today. Thank you for these people. Keep them safe this week and on their way home. In Christ we pray, amen.